The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond and hello and welcome once again to IGN's PlayStation Show. I'm your host, Max Scoville, and I'm joined by my lovely friends in the building, in person, J.D. Griffin. Hello, I'm currently getting my hand licked by peppers, Pe- um, which is kind of glorious. What's on, your, what's on your hands? Nothing. You, Literally nothing. All right. We, but, should, we should explain to new listeners that peppers is a oh, dog. Oh, yeah, there's a dog here. Oh, yes. That's, that's <laughs> for those of you listeners. who cannot... I guess you're getting some weird dog ASMR right there. Yes. And then also Brian Altano. Good to see you all. Good to hear you all. Good to be back. Uh, now, before we get started, I want to give a shout out to IGN Rewards. Uh, it is a free thing you can sign up for that gives you access to giveaways and discounts and all sorts of cool bonuses with an IGN account. And of course, if you want to upgrade that to IGN Plus, you get monthly games and ad-free browsing and more. They asked me to say that at the top of the show, and I said it, and now we can talk about video games. Uh, in addition to video games today, we're going to be talking about video game TV shows, such as The Last of Us, which premiered on HBO. Uh, we've all seen a good chunk of it, if not all of it. We're just going to talk about the first episode, so if you haven't seen it, you know, go check that out. Or um, you, you, might, you might not be that surprised by it, because it's very much like the game. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, PlayStation Plus games that are out this month. Um, our favorite new game pluses, speaking of pluses, and then uh, some, some uh, odd goings on over at Ubisoft. But before we get into all that, uh, we looked at a calendar, uh, and we found out that it is in fact Tuesday, uh, but also that the PlayStation VR is coming out about a month from now. It's like five weeks away. Right. It's so crazy. Which is crazy. It, yeah, it feels like um, we should have more... <laughs> m- more going... <laughs> The dog is uh, unsurprisingly <laughs> having a dog in the studio. Is he's he's often here. He's just asleep behind me, and I put him on the desk today. And he's mm-hmm. being a real rascal about it. <laughs> oh, Peppers, you know I love you. Anyway, he's, he's excited about that PSVR too. He is. So yeah, that's the thing is I I feel like it is kind of oddly quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, honestly, since uh, I don't know, pr- like pre release stuff has been different ever since the pandemic. You know, like a lot of uh, you know in the in the before times there would be a big huge massive preview event. There'd be uh, you know, some kind of some kind of big hands-on thing, like a big push at CES, or some mm-hmm. kind of a, a thing where people get to see it. And I, as far as I know, there's nothing like that, or else we didn't get invited. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've some people have gotten hands-on with it. They seem to like it, but it's sort of weird to be going into this completely cold. Uh, obviously, we're pretty close to all this. You know, like it's you know, it's part of our job description to pay attention to the latest uh, doodads and knickknacks and bells and whistles that say PlayStation on them. But I want to know. Uh, how everyone at home is feeling about this thing. Uh, so we're putting up a poll over on IGN. Um, you know, the options are you already pre-ordered one, 
you're planning to buy one eventually, but not quite yet. Uh, you are not going to buy one unless something major changes, like it gets a price drop or more games or PC support or backwards compatibility, or they release a, a gold version or I don't, I don't like a cool color. I don't know. <laughs> camouflage. What they do. So you Camouf- can be camouflaged yeah. in VR. Exactly. Nobody can see you, even yourself. I wish I could disappear entirely. And then finally, some people I'm sure are just not interested in owning it, period. Like mm-hmm. even if you got one for free, maybe it's just VR is not your, your deal. Um, so head over to you know IGN, go vote on that, or you know, just sound off in the comments, let us know. Um, um, how are you both feeling, Jada? I'm a huge VR person, but I, I don't know if PSVR 2 is enough for me at launch. I don't see enough games that I want to visit in for PSVR 2 or revisit enough to invest in PSVR 2 right at launch. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like the Horizon Call of the Mountain looks fantastic. That looks like a lot of fun. But it's really hard to justify for that one game for me personally. We have a hard like, enough time paying 70 bucks for a video game, let alone paying... 550 bucks for a machine that plays the video game it's kind exactly. of it's a big it's a big buy-in yeah yeah and you know like we we kind of like launched into impromptu version of this conversation a couple of weeks ago and i think our our response was grounded and fairly tepid but also let's wait for ces and see what happens ces happened and we got like a kind of small smattering of announcements but i I'm, I'm with you jada like we 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 don't the the, the word i've been using is like roadmap Right. We don't really have that here yet. We have an idea of what's at launch, but like what's what's happening this summer? What's happening this fall? Where's the support from all of the other studios underneath, you know, Sony's umbrella? Like, mm-hmm. is that stuff coming? If, if so, like, will will there be a God of War Ragnarok VR mode? Will is Insomniac working on something like yeah. Like, you know? give me Spider-Man 2 in VR. Give me Spider-Man 1 or Miles Morales in VR, like just for even sir, like. They could just snip out certain moments and not even do a full game. Like, I would love to even just see, like, demos of this stuff from these studios and say, like, hey, we're dedicated to PSVR 2. Here's some of the things that we've Mm -hmm. kind of built tech demo-y for you to try out for free. You know what I mean? So that way, like, when you see our full games that we launch later down the road, whatever that ends up being, Mm -hmm. is more, is, you know, you're you're ready for. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the, I, I just feel like the, the conversation in general around this thing right now, um, or the hype, and, you know, that is a, a not a, a real word, right? Like, that's just like a thing that's just describing a incalculable energy around something. Like, it, either way, it feels muted. It's also right something now. you put on a train. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the hype train. The hype train feels kind of muted right now. I feel like right? it's stuck at the station. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, well, this is like, this is, this is brand new hardware from uh, a company that has been making amazing video game hardware for decades now and have, uh, you know, the highest grossing hardware of last year, second best selling hardware of last year. The PS5 hype was through the roof still through the roof um in you know incredibly powerful console the the when we saw the logo for the ps5 it was it, i think it was like the most popular thing in instagram history that for up until that point yeah. right like there was a lot of energy and excitement around that psvr 2 um is not anywhere near any of that for me just yet and i think in general and i and i'm trying to figure out why that is and i think you know, price is is obviously uh, is a factor. Software it being not really like we don't really have a great idea of what's to come just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I, I think just people like VR has always just been a thing that's kind of a, a smaller portion of a of a grander audience when it comes to video games. Like, I I don't think that like 
throwing more power uh, and more software at the concept of VR is going to win over the average person who just simply isn't really interested in that. Some people just, there's nothing in the world, Max, like if you, like you look at that, that poll, I think some people are going to be like, I, when I get home, I want to look at my TV and I want to go to yeah, bed. You no, know? completely. So hey, it's tough. You raise an interesting point about the, the PS5 logo being such a huge hit. And the fact is like with a new console, there's a certain amount of... Um, there's trust, you yeah. know, like we've Sony's earned everyone's trust with there've been there've been five PlayStations and they've they've all been pretty good, you know, like mm-hmm. they have their their off moments, but it's not like, you know, it one of them just suddenly dropped. Well, OK, the PS3 kind of dropped the ball, but, it, you know, it turned her, anyway, the point is my PS3, you know, there's it's <laughs> PS3. Very cool thing. Yes, yes. But you know what, you know what I'm talking but about. Yes, it's, exactly. It's it's also sort of a known quantity. Like a console, we know what a video game console is. It's a it's a box, you buy it, uh, you sit there, you wait for games to come out, and then the games come out and you play them. And it's like pretty straightforward. Um VR is kind of an kind of an odd form factor, you know? Like it when it when it had this this whole renaissance with the with the Oculus, it was a PC peripheral. And then it was a PlayStation peripheral with the PSVR, and then suddenly it was a standalone thing with the Oculus Quest, and right. now it's another PlayStation peripheral and it's I, I feel like first of all you know VR is kind of the dust is settling on who is who is into playing this stuff like yeah. you know those people maybe their their VR units don't have dust on them a lot of people's uh, you know VR headsets did gather some dust you know it's it's mm-hmm. a different way to play games and it's maybe do, maybe people's sort of gaming habits don't necessarily apply to those and it's I, I don't know it, I, I love my PlayStation VR. The first one, I had a great time with it, and then I kind of fell out of love with it. And it, you, Brian, you pulled up like the the setup, like the the instructions for like how you plug it into stuff. The the diagram for setting up PSVR was one of those things that like it, it could have gotten the best. It could have gotten the best games library on earth for free for five years in a row, and I still would have been like. Oh, it looks like a flowchart. It's insane. Like, it looks yeah, like a subway insane. map going to your TV. And like we, we a... put up with it at the beginning because it was it was novel, right? And then well, later on, we got we got easier kind of uh, lower barrier to entry experiences well, was, to, uh, for VR compared to the competition. It was it was comparable. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at like the you know the HTC Vive, which was the the biggest thing around the time it came out, and mm-hmm. you had to like put up like satellite cameras. To like mm-hmm. track yourself and full, yeah. like, full room tracking, room and the fact VR. That, yeah, well, the, yeah. Y- you mentioned like you mentioned the consoles, right? And I think it's Im- important about like the goodwill that was earned from those consoles, and even something like the PS3, which like you know started kind of sluggish, felt like a misstep, mm-hmm. was notoriously difficult to develop for. A lot of that was sort of shielded from the consumers, right? And they had that there was that cocky Sony attitude where it was expensive and like price drop, and they were like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if we could launch this thing with no games, or I, I could shoot a guy in the street. And still become president <laughs> whatever they were saying at the time um and even that like fell pretty strong up until the finish line and then the psv or ps4 grabbed the baton carried that until the ps5 right like i i think this there's been been momentum with those consoles whereas psvr uh i think started strong had like a pretty decent middle life cycle and then quietly kind of tapered off and i think that like the software kind of trickled away and the audience uh, investment and excitement kind of disappeared and it just became this thing that you owned and now it's back now it's ready for mm-hmm. a sequel right but we didn't really have that baton handoff it was like someone took the baton and threw it in a drawer for a couple of years and now they're pulling it back out and so i think that like the goodwill that was there uh 
has kind of vanished. And also the fact that that library has not meaningfully carried over to the PSVR 2 has also made it so that there's some consumer apprehension where people are like less likely to jump in on this thing because they're like, well, if I buy this and you make a third one in five or six years, exactly, do I have yeah. to buy all mm-hmm. these games again? And like that, that gets frustrating. Like, no, I mean it's it's 100%. it's kind of a it's kind of a big fu to the people who did support the last one. Yeah, and, and yeah. what's the moral of that story? Like, does it really make you want to throw another five hundred and fifty bucks at Sony to yeah. get a new hat? And you we know, understand like, the technical yeah. limitations yes. be, behind why those games aren't exactly. there, right? But yeah. still, like, it, it, it's it frustrating. Stings. It's frustrating. I buy, you know, I've been all digital since probably about a quarter of the way into the PS4 lifespan because. In my book, it'd be easier to transfer over a digital license than having to buy a new console that can play a disc. Like, right. we still know that you can't just pop in PS3 discs into any other console. Like, mm-hmm. it's, since the PS3, we haven't had that just be like, oh, pop your PS1 and PS2 discs into your console and go mm-hmm. to town, play your old games. Like, we haven't had that since then, which was, like, the big selling point for me and my PS3. That's why, I like, I was in for investing that. But, like, PSVR 2, you know, you're saying uh, that they just kind of, like, the, the release schedule, yeah, like where are the killer apps for PSVR two that is keeping it a part of the conversation regularly? Mm-hmm. Right. Like when we get our PS five exclusives, our PlayStation exclusives, we get it. We know we're going to get a last of us or an uncharted or a ratchet or a Spider-Man or yeah. a, any of the, we know we're going to expect it or God of war. We're expecting those every two to four years, roughly, mm-hmm. you know, for each, each franchise. And then we, we know we're going to get new ones for that. But with PSVR two, where's that killer game that's continuing going? Like, where is the new Astrobots? Why aren't we getting a new Astros playroom or any type of Astro mm-hmm. game with this PSVR at launch? Unless there is one and I'm missing it and I forgot. No, it's no. But yeah, like, where is that? Well, like, it's coming out swinging. Like, there's a pretty substantial amount of like launch titles. You know, obviously there's there's Horizon and there's a bunch of things that you know it's kind of. Um, Fudging the numbers on what constitutes an exclusive, you know, it's like, oh, it's the, you know, it's the updated version, bonus plus yeah. version of a thing yeah. that was already on Quest, and right. you know, maybe it was never on PlayStation or VR. like Resident Evil Village, exactly right. stuff like that. That I mean, that's you know, that's a you're getting some support, some DLC. You yeah, know, Gran Turismo Seven's getting support, which is again, if if you're into racing cars, doing that in VR is that's that's huge. You yeah. Know? Also, the kind of people who you know will throw money at a racing wheel and that kind of setup like i feel like 550 bucks is kind of a drop in the bucket if they're like mm-hmm, you know hardcore sure. in that simulation but yeah it's it's weird to not have like a longer tail support from sony like to not have any sort of like promise of what's to come and, and where are the the demo kiosks in best buy brick and mortar stores like obviously that's a part of it too i mean we're, we're, i think honestly you know, we'd have those if, it, if we weren't in a covid post-covid true, time I think, we, I think they would be out there i think we'd have tons of those uh coming from someone who's worked in retail and had to have those demo stations and set them up for yep. you know a decade like i'm pretty sure we would have gotten those in those type of stations it would have mm-hmm. probably been very limited to yeah. like i don't know a thousand stores or nationwide or whatever you, but you brought up something jada that like do you completely nailed like the when you buy when we bought ps5 we knew what we were getting from sony's big studios yes and if we didn't know exactly what those titles were we knew that something would come from them eventually exactly. right like we didn't know i don't think we knew about wolverine no right we didn't. i knew a lot about wolverine well yeah i've that, never the, heard of him the man, he, it's, a, it's a beast right <laughs> he's usually a beast right he's like, like a, I've, he's, I've killed wolverines in like far cry games yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's but, well it's, you know. it's it's like a it's like a beast but he also has a metal skeleton it's like a canadian oh, okay. dog bear yeah. oh yeah and he fights a guy who's even more of a beast than he is which is interesting it's like a a, of, like is what is he like a saber-toothed tiger or something yeah, he's kind of like a, they do some animal okay, wrestling in right, the canadian right, jungles anyway um but 
so I, I didn't know that they're they were going to make a Wolverine game, but like I knew that they were they had Spider Man, and that was an immensely popular IP. We yep. got one at on, on you know at launch, and I'm like, so obviously they're going to keep that going. Um, Santa Monica, we're like definitely a, a God of War shaped thing coming. Sucker Punch is going to make a, a Ghost of Tsushima sequel, like not officially announced, but like. That game sold incredibly well and was critically acclaimed, guaranteed to happen on PS5. It's just mm-hmm. going to happen. We just know it's going to, it might take two years, three years, four years, five, but it's going to come there. Yeah. We know that every AAA third-party game is going to come to PS5, most of them, except for the ones Microsoft is in court over, right? Yeah. Um, but for PSVR, that's less of a known quantity because it, it mm-hmm. you have to kind of divert resources to go, this is worth spending a couple of years on and uh hoping that we make our money back and those are question marks Mm -hmm. and it's hard to drop 550 bucks on question marks and you know to take it further even beyond sony beyond 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 (laughs) where is where are the these these marquee games that are just vr in general yeah like there's half-life alex awesome game in vr Beat Saber is a big is a, was uh, had its moment in the sun it's been very big super hot was very big there's a lot of games that had this but when was like the last one that we got? Like the last big one, yeah, was Half Life Alex. If I, mm-hmm. you know, come at me in the comments if I'm missing VR. I haven't played VR in a couple of years, but that I that's three off the top of my head. And like, we're, you you rattled off like eight games from Sony, like that we, we right. know we're going to get. So like those are those aren't question marks. Like we have three games for the PSVR two, or PSVR in general, just VR in general. Where are the rest of them? Would it also like it's you know Beat Saber's coming. It'll be there. Um, we don't know yeah. about Half Life Alex. Like I, there's there's no connectivity to PC that's officially announced in any capacity, and it's a month away. But also, we're not even getting the, those smaller experimental third party like Arkham VR. Like mm-hmm. we're not even getting those like here's here's a few hours of uh you know an exclusive standalone Batman game. I mean, yeah. we're not getting any Arkham games these days, which is a bigger problem. <laughs> but we're not, like we're not. It doesn't even feel like we're getting a lot of those like we're getting that from gorilla right when mm-hmm. it comes to yeah. horizon but it doesn't really feel like a lot of studios are even investing the time to be like we'll do a three hour you know single player standalone not a tech demo is like not what i want to say for it but like yeah. anything like that doesn't a really feel like a standalone like spin-off smaller type. experience yeah, exactly yeah i i'm this, this makes me sad to say it but i i have a sort of sneaking suspicion that when it comes to sort of Sony PlayStation hardware, like PSVR is more in the handheld camp than the console camp. Yeah. yeah. Like I love the Vita. Vita is a wonderful thing. It mm-hmm. also was, you know, it was kind of back in the wrong horse, you know, like Sony has proven it themselves with putting out consoles. The consoles are phenomenal. That's why we make this show. That's why we're here. The VR stuff, it's kind of, they're, they're kind of, they're, I guess PSVR one was constitutes a success, but it, it lives in sort of a weird space. Yeah. At the same time, that's all of VR though. You know, it's like, yeah. it's its own thing. Uh, it's in a weird way, it's kind of the exact opposite of handheld gaming because it's specifically something you can't take with you everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something that fits in your pocket, something that barely even fits on a shelf. It, you have to put on your head. You've got extra wires and crap laying around. It's it's a totally different approach to gaming. And that makes it, you know, it's kind of an unknown quantity when it comes to buying new hardware. Whereas, you know, I don't know, it's, a, it's sort of a safe bet to buy a new console that says PlayStation on it, but yeah. And if it's like, if it's not a hit at launch then that will send a message to developers that it's not worth developing for. And that becomes a problem because it's like, now you have this kind of chicken and egg thing, right? Where Mm -hmm. if, if it doesn't have a big kind of breakthrough success early on, then later down the line, uh, developers are going to look at it and go like, well, you know, is it worth the risk? Yeah. And with how big budgets are for games now, with how long it takes to develop 
a game nowadays. Mm-hmm. How worth it is it for some studios to invest this time and this res- their resources into building a PSVR 2 game specifically yep. when it may not reach a tenth of the audience that mm-hmm. a normal game would release. It's it's a really tough, like you said, chicken and egg situation. This is, yeah, they it's have so it's difficult. It's a rock and a hard place. Well, when yeah. when the PS- crack, it's a crack. <laughs> when PSVR one was was in development, when it was when it first came out, I feel like VR was very much this kind of exciting new thing. Yeah, yes. yeah. And since then, we've kind of got an idea of who's into it, what what it's for, what it's all about, and it makes you wonder, like, how many. How many studios shy of the one that Oculus drove a dump truck full of money up to, or Meta, or whatever the hell it's called? How many were like, we're going to make VR games? I mean, there's a, there's a handful out there that are like, we make VR games, that's what we do. Yeah. But I think there were like, you know, we like, like Dice made a Battlefront VR thing because I think yeah. there were a lot of studios were like, yeah, let's you know throw some spare change at this and see what like make something in the margin. Like Rocksteady made Arkham VR, mm-hmm. like that was mm-hmm. WB Games being like, yeah, let's let's see what happens. You know, the last big IP I think was Star Wars Squadrons. It had it, it was yeah. it had a PSVR two. I mean, obviously Resident Evil Seven you know, is getting mm-hmm. that treatment. But I think Squadrons was delightful in VR. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I'm really, you know, hopefully we get more stuff like that. But, yeah, like you were saying, Max. Yeah. I don't know. It's It, it makes you wonder, like, at what point did PSVR 2 get greenlit? And mm-hmm. it's, like, it's a really cool thing. Like, Sony makes great hardware. But, like, I was th- we were thinking back on this. And, like, right shortly before the, the Vita came out, there was the PlayStation phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there, I, I forget, what was it called? Like, a xperia play xperia yeah and it was like Mm -hmm. it was it was completely like muddling the like who's who's doing what like what who is this for like Mm -hmm. you could you you know you get your cell carrier to support the 3g chip in your vita or i guess get a phone entirely it's like why weren't why wasn't this the same device that just feels like you Mm -hmm. know yeah and it's like look i don't i don't want to go on the show and be like PSVR 2 is dead on arrival. I think that there's a lot of stuff sony can be doing right now messaging is the most important Mm -hmm. um in terms of like telling audiences like you should be excited for this you should be hyped for this um that we need to know that roadmap we need like people need to get hands-on with it somehow i know that like the, the pandemic is a huge problem going you know, i don't want to go into a best buy and put a thing on my head that a bunch of people wore all day yeah exactly. i just don't right you know it's like picking up a mask in a parking lot <laughs> just sticking like, it in my mouth oh, you know what? hey you know what? i forgot mine at home Let me, yeah, this, exactly. like, this is just as good not interested in that you know i like they shut down the kissing booths at the town <laughs> fair too like yeah not a great idea anymore some things were probably good to get thrown out um but yeah i, I would like to know what's next for the mm-hmm. future of this device i'd love to know when i can play those games who is working on studios give us even like a splash screen of these are the these are the studios that are working on stuff down the line and like like give us a you know uh give us a a whole presentation of psvr2 stuff like you have four weeks to do this it is it is not sold out yet it is still available for pre-order officially through through their their website like this is you know the it doesn't feel like there's going to be scalpers around this thing like we saw for ps5 so i don't know okay. get that yeah. messaging out there yeah, is, I, yeah is, I think that's the big thing to take away from our conversation is we're not saying it's dead we're not saying don't buy it we're not saying go out and buy it we're saying there's more questions than mm-hmm. we have answers for right yes. now to make an informed decision about purchasing a psvr2 at this point mm-hmm. and i think that's something that can really only be solved by as brian said giving us more information. So yep. yeah. So on that note, it is Tuesday, January 17th, 2023 at 1149 AM Pacific time. And if Sony comes out in 17 minutes and goes, Hey, we've got a new state of play coming up all about the PlayStation VR two. So tune in and check out the PlayStation blog for more info. I'm just saying you know, yeah. sometimes that happens. It sometimes. happens all the time. Yeah. All right. So, uh, shifting gears, the last of us, maybe biggest show on TV right now. Um, I think it blew the hell up. 
we all know The Last of Us is, is a great video game. It's interesting to see how this is probably reaching a whole new audience, but I'm also kind of curious how it's resonating with people who do love the game, who aren't, you know, um, soulless shills who work at IGN.com. So, <laughs> Jada, you checked in with our, uh, with our Beyond group. Looks like group the check cleared, Max. Yes. That's right. I sold my soul long before IGN, <laughs> so I didn't have one when I got here. Anyways. <laughs> and when you don't like it, it looks like the check bounced, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you know, I checked in. Um, I didn't do an indir- I didn't do a direct prop to our Facebook Beyond group, but I, I did a little little snooping, a little sleuthing, mm-hmm. and saw what everybody was saying because there was some good stuff in there. It's uh, a public forum. It you, is a public forum that I, I'm a part of. So <laughs> I, uh, you know, I was checking in. You know, I respond and talk to people in the group. Hello, everybody there. Um, the first one I saw uh, that kind of was great was uh, Benji Taralba. Uh, the scene that scene of Tommy's. Oh, oh. Tr- Oh, just side note, yes. if you haven't watched episode one of The, the Last of Us, yes. we're going to talk about it. But also, if you Last of Us spoilers are going to blow you away, then why are you listening to a PlayStation show in 2023? We will also try to keep it Carry as on. mildly yeah. spoiled. Yeah. You're not going to go and be like, blah, 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 dies in episode one. I don't even know. If, I don't even remember if anybody dies. I'm sure somebody does. Yeah, somebody definitely dies. The kangaroo. Yeah, Crazy. somebody definitely dies in episode one. But anyways, I won't say him. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using MyVPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, from Benji Taralba in the Khaleesi. Facebook group. Yes, it was Khaleesi who died. Uh, that scene of Tommy's truck almost getting clipped, but instead it's the plane crashing down in the street and the shockwave rolling it instead. Nice little twist there. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a little bit like what we were talking about last week, how it's taking um, what we got in the game and then reinventing it and redoing it for TV to yeah. make it more cinematic um, in TV and doing a great adaptation. We get the same result. Yeah. The exact same result happens after that incident when the, uh, what is it, a gas station explodes, I believe. Yeah, um, it, fe- it, feels, it feels additive, right? Like, yes. it doesn't feel like it's, it's taking anything. It's, 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 it's building off the foundation and, and giving you a little more. And if you've never played the game, then that was probably a, a thrill. But having known that source material, I was like, this is this is awesome. Like there's a, there's an incredible energy in that pilot, just in sort of that kind of domino effect of things start toppling over. And, um, it, it, yeah, it's very effective. Another yeah. thing about that is it's, it's, you know, adapting it for the, for the medium, because the, in the game, you're entirely like you're in, you know, Joel's con- daughter's con- point of view. Yep. You're, you're moving mm-hmm. the camera around from basically the inside of the back of a truck. Like it's a, your, your scope is, is limited. Whereas in the case of a, a show, it's like you have, you have wide shots, you have shots of, you know, mm-hmm. you can the pan truck out from wherever exactly. you want. Yeah. So yeah. It, you kind of need to like change the scale a little bit. And it mm-hmm. was, you know, that's a very, uh, that's a good use of some some money you blow up a plane you know, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool 100%. um yeah. and anybody who didn't know there was a plane that blows up it was in the trailer you see the wreckage of a plane so it was in one of the trailers also um, what do you think is going to happen the world ends they're just going to fly around up there like what i mean the, air force one they're just all living up on planes that's that's my life plane. Yeah. <laughs> um all right here we go uh, another one uh Alex Irwin, um, I mostly just have to say F you TV show for making me relive that beginning scene again, but also goddamn, that was a great first episode. I am so hype. Um, for anybody who isn't, uh, who hasn't seen the show yet or hasn't played the game, there is a very, um, tough moment that comes towards the, uh, about, I don't know, maybe halfway through the first episode, maybe a little bit before that. Um, and it is just, it's, it, it's something that makes me cry every time I play the game and it definitely mm-hmm. made me cry watching the show again. Oh, it, it wrecked it's, me this time around. Absolutely it, destroyed me. It's, it's so, it, it was acted so perfectly. It, the, uh, the actress, I forget her name playing Sarah. Whoops. It's, uh, um, it's but Th- yes. Thandy Newton's daughter. I, I forget yes. her name too, but, but yes, the actress captured the, um, captured the essence of the game character so well. Um, it just like, it felt like I was like reliving playing the game and I was just like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That, that eviscerated me. I mean, when, when this game came out in 2013 and I was just like a, you know, pudgy idiot. And now I'm a pudgier idiot, but I bet I have a kid and it just being a dad watching that scene just was just tore me right open oh yeah oh well so like i i mean i know a lot of people have replayed the hell out of this game it's been a cool minute since i jumped back in there and it i feel like the the sort of the the parts where it ripped me open have healed over and i'm like sort of like didn't forget about it but i was like oh you know you you forget how how much it just gets you and just like oh um also for this episode something i really love is that it 
it has breathing room. Like mm-hmm. every, we all know that this is a good story. Like we know where it's going to go. Like we've kind of been sold on that on the promise of that. But it, because of that, it doesn't have to rush to the next thing. Right. And instead of trying to drag things out or stretch out what's already there, I like that it basically front loads a lot of things. Like it basically mm-hmm. has more. It has more lead up to the certain beats that we're familiar with. And in this case, it was like I actually I actually jumped right back into the game um, after finishing the show and started it over. And there's like there's little things like uh, you hear a dog barking like when the sort of outbreak first happens you're like a dog mm-hmm. barking and then there's like a yelp and it's like that's that tells a story on its own yeah mm-hmm. that dog has an entire arc in the mm-hmm. in the in the show and it's really cool to see that happen and you understand like y- you get a sense of like this is a neighborhood like you know mm-hmm. who these people are like it, it's established that this isn't just like I don't know. These aren't. This isn't just a family of people that like doesn't talk to anybody around them. Like the 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 part when they they mm-hmm. pass, like oh, there's like a family trying to also get out of there, and they're like just swerving around them, and it it adds so much more weight to that. Where it's like oh, you know, th- these people aren't just they aren't just dicks. You know, they're they aren't just like you know swooshing past their neighbors and being like haha, we don't care about you. It's like they at one point probably would have stopped and helped them. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. a sense of like of you know community there that uh, then gets properly thrown mess, out the window, messed up by you know. Yeah. Society collapsing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another comment from Ritesh Mystery. It was incredible. Standout scene for me was the grandma twitching in the background. That shit was haunting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I missed that on the first time watching because I was so focused on Ellie looking at the DVDs. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not Ellie. Um, Sarah looking at the DVDs and trying to figure out, like, what is on the shelf? Because I always love looking for, like, yeah. what do you see on the shelf in there? And I totally miss it. And then I rewatched the episode and I was like, oh... Oh, that's a, it's like a pretty sort of a quintessential horror shot too, is to mm-hmm. have this kind of like blurred out thing in the background that's menacing, but is also kind of uh, in, indescribable in terms of shape. It's like the exact opposite of a jump scare. And it's my favorite. Yeah. Like I love, I love when there's just a thing in the background, like it's like peripheral scares. Yep. Like mm-hmm. Hereditary does that so well. Oh my god! Yeah. My, my favorite shot in Jaws is when like Chief Brody's just chumming the water and he's having like a conversation. And the shark is in the background. And you're yep. like, he's like, what? Is that? <laughs> it's, yep. it's like, yeah, that was a uh, very effective use of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then final one came from Jake Jackson. I really liked how similar it was to the game. If a book did that, I'd be eh. But the fact that the game adaptations have been mostly bad for so long, I think it was good to just stick to the source material, do it really well, and set an official benchmark for video game adaptation quality. Yeah, yeah. And we, we were talking about this a bit before. Um, th- this has been this huge debate about, and I hate I hate all the hyperbole around any of this. I think the show is fantastic. I think that like this created this conversation of like, oh, is this is it the best video game story ever told? I don't know. That depends on you. Who cares? Um, is this the best video game adaptation? Has it I, broken the curse? Yeah, has it broken the curse? And so like the the curse has been broken, but also like a lot of that curse uh, or a lot of video game adaptations were successful because they weren't video game adaptations. Like Correct. Sonic and Detective Pikachu, the recent Mortal Kombat from a couple years ago. Even Castlevania? Castlevania. Really? Like, yeah, these are these are things that took the IP, built a successful narrative off of it, but didn't adapt a story one-to-one. Whereas The Last of Us is uniquely fitted for something like this because it's a linear story-driven game that's already broken into chapters. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's, a, that's about as good as it gets for a TV show. Um, 
Sonic, like Sonic two, uh, or Sonic three, the, the Sonic movies, like the, the first Sonic movie is about like a, a guy trying to figure out if he wants to become a cop in San Francisco. Right. And then Sonic is also there. Right. But the, the crux of that story is like, Oh, should I go be a cop in the big city? The games didn't touch on that. The mortal Kombat movie from a couple years ago that randomly showed up on HBO during the pandemic. And I had four beers in a great time Yeah, was about a character that didn't exist in the games. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they built a new, a new dude for that. Um, and then you have, you have stuff like the, you know, Ar- arcane and they're like mm-hmm. a cyberpunk which which are you know animated and i think a lot of general audiences don't they did, they just don't look at that medium as something they should respect which they're wrong they should 100 but th- this is the first one where they're like this is the story in the game this is the story on the show we tried to get it get it as close as, as humanly possible and it works really well and i don't think a lot of other games fit that format so- key thing with sort of adapting games, I feel like we see a lot of fighting games get adapted and the thing there is it's you've got a bucket of characters and maybe some existing relationships and then like places for them to fight each other and it's right. just like an excuse for them to fight. Not that hard to write. Like that's kind of a, honestly kind of a, the, probably the reason there are so many fighting game adaptations mm-hmm. and you get something where there's a whole universe like, uh, you know, Edge Runners or um, Arcane. Arcane, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's not so much that the games themselves, well, Cyberpunk has a huge story but it's also like this is a backdrop. Yeah. And I think, the fact that it's a it's a unique recognizable universe is going to you know that is well suited for that and that's also going to work wonders for the um Amazon Fallout show right because like there have been so many stories told in Fallout mm-hmm. and there's room for, to tell more of them and it's not like there's one story that people are married to but that is the case with the last of us right it and also yeah it also doesn't hinge entirely on gigantic cg monsters or anything too fantastical right like it is mostly grounded for lack of a better term although that is a it's mode a, in the game difficulty it is a difficulty my favorite difficulty um, but whereas like something like horizon or god of war like those those ips are are make it or break it based on how well and both of them are getting live action adaptations for television horizon's getting a, Netf- a netflix show god mm-hmm. of war is getting an amazon show um if if Kratos doesn't look like Kratos or if he starts fighting things that don't look like the enemies in those games or they, they lose that sort of like fantastic, you know, kind of super powerful, mm-hmm. like otherworldly uh, feeling that those games have, they're going to fall apart. Whereas The Last of Us is like, it's mostly human driven. It's mostly character driven. Mm-hmm. There are obviously monsters and zombies and stuff in the periphery, but that is like, it's, I think it's easier to pull off a, a clicker than it is to pull off like Kratos fighting, Thor. you know, Thor or like, uh, a 70 or 700 foot tall snake shows or up. a troll yeah exactly yeah. yes no 100%. or or alo has uh, alo has to fight a, a huge robot dinosaur or whatever yeah, although Trevor i think tusk or yeah like uh, yeah that's anything like that like that's harder to pull off also i don't really have a lot of faith in netflix being able to do that so whereas also like the story in horizon is a lot more jumbled like it has a massive 100 something hour well, open also, world that, game the, the the show is a prequel yeah like we know that it mm-hmm. takes place i think it is like before before the fall it's right. before the fall so so there's flashback sequences in those games so it could theoretically cover that stuff but, but it's also, also like the whole selling point of that game is, for the most part is that universe where you're like oh it's this you know beautiful world post-apocalypse mm-hmm. where there are kick-ass giant robot dinosaurs roaming around and yep. then all the humans have started you know dressing like you know burning man shopped at radio shack or whatever like <laughs> yeah uh, so, you know, there's there's the entire aesthetic of that world isn't isn't being 
used for the most part. No, you're going to have a choice. lot less yeah. of that sort of like, uh, you know, Leo and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood holding the beer, pointing at the TV meme. Mm-hmm. That, a lot of The Last of Us is that, right? Like you're yes. watching the show and you're like, that, I, I know that part, you know? And as a fan, that's great. Um, and for someone who isn't a fan or doesn't know the source material, you're just getting this awesome, you know, prestige HBO show and you're, you know, watching horrible things happen on Sunday night, which if you have an HBO subscription, you're pretty well trained in that, <laughs> that feeling <laughs> yes. by now. And so I think that like it's in a unique spot and I think that it's more of an uphill battle for some of these other IPs. Is it impossible? Absolutely not. Can it be handled if people who give a shit about the source material show up and take care of it? Sure. Absolutely. But I think The Last of Us is in a is in a unique spot there and will continue to be for a while. Yeah. No, 100% agree. That said, I hope a lot of people learn from it. I hope a lot of a lot of companies are looking, a lot of game studios are looking at this, a lot of TV networks are looking at this and being like, oh, what's working mm-hmm. here? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, it's not the it's not the the elements, the fantastical elements and things like this. It's the attention to detail. Mm-hmm. It's the um, the amount of love poured into this and, and staying relatively true to the source material um, and just kind of filling it out with what makes more sense in a TV adaptation yeah. than in a game. Yeah. It also it probably doesn't hurt that like it takes place in like what if. Uh, Kansas, Kansas City was was crappier or like what if they stopped weeding on yes. the freeway and it's like that's you know there's obviously plenty of set set dressing that goes into that but it's a considerably less work than I don't know building a corner of Night City or right you mm-hmm. know um, anyway shifting gears uh, Jada you play a lot of video games I do you play a lot of them and you and you get lots and lots of trophies for all your hard work and I as do. such you have some strong opinions on trophies so take it away yes so, trophies may not be for everyone, but for some of us, trophy hunting is a fun reward for achieving that sweet, sweet 100% completion on a game and feel like we truly did everything there is to do. Lots of games have easy requirements for platinum trophies, and often certain quests or challenges associated with them will actually reward you with cool stuff for going that extra mile. And while trophies can be a lot of fun sometimes, one comes along that makes us question our choices in life and really just say, F this trophy. (laughs) Today's F this trophy is the DMW Master Trophy from Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Uh This trophy requires you to get 100% progress for the 18 limit breaks in the game. Now you might be saying, hey, Jada, that doesn't sound so bad. Limit breaks are awesome. Channeling Sephiroth's Octoslash and Aerith's Healing Wave and all the other special abilities in battle can help you turn the tide in battle when you want to use whatever is possible. You want to use them whenever it's possible. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, yes, yes, they are. But in this case, we aren't looking for actual limit breaks. Instead, we need to get a variety of flashback cutscenes in the middle of a battle that have a chance to happen in conjunction, in conjunction with the limit breaks. Not only do these slow down the action in battle, which is a sin of its own, but that's not what we're talking about today. The issue with this trophy is that the best trophies are awarded based on skill, time, effort, and the dreaded occasion, luck. While you can improve your odds to some degree, the limit break system is almost completely based on luck. The specialized materia and equipment you can equip to boost your chances does help, but you are still at the mercy of the unpredictable random number generator or RNG. Oh my goodness. Now, (laughs) I know there are a lot of people who may have had better luck than me when it comes to this trophy, but it took me 12 hours. 12 hours, Brian. 12 hours! To get this damn trophy. I needed two flashbacks for the 100%. I left my game in a level one mission, letting enemies shoot 
shoot me in the face. <laughs> I left for a birthday party, went out for dinner, came home, played a couple of missions of Mario Rabbit's Sparks of Hope, and then picked it back up, and I still hadn't gotten the only two flashbacks I needed. Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> now you may ask what made this worth getting well the genji armor behind this task which happens to be one of the best pieces of gear behind a glorified is is locked behind a glorified slot machine now before any of you in the comments come for me saying that you got this trophy faster or easier i'm so happy that you didn't have as many issues as i did i love final fantasy games and i've been asking for a crisis core remake since the ps4 release as it's one of my favorite psp games of all time and i'm sure some in the comments will say she just didn't know what she was doing this is my second time going through this. I have maxed out, I had maxed out luck and optimized with two mastered materials for Cisne to increase the chances of my slots lining up and then mastered materials to improve the odds of getting the characters I needed to show up. Keep in mind, the real kicker is that even if the characters match in the slot machine, there's no guarantee you get a flashback. And then if you do get a flashback, there's no guarantee that it's the one you need. <laughs> oh, man. So with that all being said, hey, devs, can we make it our 2023 group resolution to stop putting trophies or important gear behind time-wasting RNG in our games? Because I and many others out there will be so much happier without it. And that's been F this trophy. Bravo. Bravo. <sighs> I completely agree. Um, and I... I I hope the birthday party was good, at least. The birthday party was awesome. Uh, it was at an arcade, so I got to go play games while I was sitting there waiting for my yep. gameplay. I uh, I whooped a bunch of people's butt in Sonic Fighters. So you, you played arcade games, and you played Mario and Rabbids. You, you had to play several other games just to get this trophy in this game. I think that's very funny. <laughs> I played, yeah, I played, I, went, I played that. I played Time Crisis. I got like halfway through Time Crisis in the arcade while I was there. Like it was, just, it was a good birthday. Party. I love that you, you basically were like, you were almost like punishing your your PS5. You're, you stay here. You play this game. <laughs> you're doing I'm it going to a birthday me. party. Yes, I'm going to the arcade. I'm going to go play other systems. You stay, you're stuck here. No, that's that's a that's a very good point. Like uh, you look at the just the underlying concept of a trophy yeah a yes. trophy is a thing that you give to somebody who has won something by being good at it yeah yeah like you don't get it i i don't think they have trophies for slot machines <laughs> no like you, you get yeah you don't coins i don't know like crap. when we were yeah. kids they didn't just pick a random soccer team to give trophies <laughs> to they had to win tournaments and stuff yeah. right like and so like, you know so a big thing is this is you can you work on this gauge through the whole playthrough and the game is probably if you're playing through basic it's probably like you know, golden path. It's probably about 12 to 15 hours. Um, if you're doing a hundred percent run through, it's probably around 30 to 40 hours with doing right. all 300 missions that you have to do in the game. And so I was doing that and I was working towards it. And I literally was on mission 299 sitting at the final save point before the final boss sequence, waiting for these two flashbacks to pop up. And right. that was just frustrating because I was like, I want to be done with this game and play something else now because I just, I'm literally just waiting for these two and, and like you, like you said, like you you could have gotten it in a few minutes. I could have, but that wasn't the way the gods dealt the hand mm -hmm. to you. Like it just it ended it's, up being twelve hours instead. I did so much reading and research into this, like looking into this. Like, how do I make these things appear more often? Mm -hmm. Like I looked it up. I was like, I'm already doing all of it, and I figured out like one thing that I could I could have done that I could do. Like and I started doing maybe halfway through to help improve it, but it was like a ten percent improvement chance it wasn't a like oh this is like going from a 25 percent chance to pop right. to a 75 percent no it went from like 24 to 34 percent and you talked like, about you, you talked about like the reward for it and that it's good that you even got one but a lot there are a lot of trophies like this where the reward is the trophy yes like that's all and you that's, don't even get like a stat are, booster or those anything. are even worse yeah 
So. Yeah, I, I think I think these th those have to be eliminated, and also like the ones that are like uh, like implicitly attached to multiplayer, mm. when those modes will Can eventually be die. sunsetted and people will stop playing those games, and then mm -hmm. you basically just have this like phantom empty trophy well, just sitting there forever there are yep. plenty of trophies that deserve to be told to f this trophy yeah. so we can check in with you about that later Jane. we will have plenty more metal middle fingers in the weeks oh yeah <laughs> for sure um all right so god of war ragnarok is getting a new game plus in the, in the coming days uh do we know anything about this do we have any idea what's actually in it he's got a gun now which is weird weird yeah, yeah. rollerblades too crazy uh, choice <laughs> I've, I also heard there's like a like a chair like wrestling style that he gets to use as an unlockable. I could see like, him hitting like, someone. I with think a somebody's chair. gonna mod yeah. that in there. Just <laughs> like just, just like I mean, a lot of the, like the the stuff with Thor felt very bar fighty, so yes. I, I could see that happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I'm 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 interested in this. I I actually I really miss when new maybe this is controversial. I miss when new game pluses were there at launch. Mm -hmm. That was that used to be a thing that you would just buy a game and it would be there. You beat the game and you could start it all over again. Gotham Knights did it. They yeah. actually had a new game plus right at the start. It, it kind of irked me because you had to start a new game plus before you could get to the maximum level of forty mm -hmm. from the thirty cap, but. You know, it wasn't too big a deal. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm more happy for it to be there and make me do that than to wait have to wait a couple months. Now, granted, they didn't really add a whole lot in the Gotham Knights New Game Plus other than just ramping up difficulty, kind of like a, a la Demon Souls, Dark Souls, where every time you right. go into New Game Plus, it gets slightly tougher. I don't know if Gotham Knights does that beyond the first one. I haven't finished the second playthrough because I didn't need to for mm -hmm. the Platinum. But um, <laughs> I just, I, I did casual. all the side stuff. Ca I am a casual, 100% <laughs> casual gamer. Just casually um, got 15 Platinums over Christmas yeah, break. That's all. I mean, I mean, I'm sure the real tryhards out there probably got like 40. I don't know. Um, but the God of War New Game Plus and like other more uh, prominent New Game Plus games, they often do like bigger things. So yeah. I know with God of War 2018, uh, we got new gear. There was, you know, I, I believe there might have been a few new like attack animation, not animations, but like, so to speak, but uh, an enemy AI behaved a little differently. It's been a little while since I've played through it. So bear with me if I'm wrong. Um, but I, it wasn't just a, hey, just play through the game again. Yeah, it was. Hey, mm -hmm. there's new gear to get. There's new upgrades. There's a new tier. There was like, uh, and they added like Greek mythology. Like there was like Zeus armor and stuff, which had cool new effects when you uh, wore them together to unlock different things. It's so, like I'm I'm excited for more of that stuff. It's a Ragnarok. it's a really tough balance, right? Because it's it like to to nail it perfectly. I think the best way to do a new game plus is. You start with all of your overleveled stuff from the first playthrough, mm -hmm. and then you go into the new playthrough with it right off the bat. Now, that always opens up some very difficult can cans of worms because, A, uh, sometimes there's a lot of stuff that you're not supposed to access until later on in a yep. game, um, especially one that's linear by design. Uh, anything with any sort of like Metroidvania elements, mm -hmm. sequence breaks out immediately. B, um, some people don't want to just fly through the game again. They want like a kind of slightly increased challenge, yep. but they want to keep all their level 99 crap from playthrough one. So I'm going to say that my favorite new game plus of all time, and this is not surprising because I mention this game constantly, is Resident Evil 4. Mm. And Resident Evil 4 works for new game plus to me because you start with a bunch of stuff, but also then the merchant opens up his shop and starts selling you stuff that you couldn't get in the first playthrough. And uh, you also unlock harder difficulties by beating the game once. You can new game plus those. And once you start new gaming plus, new game plusing the hardest difficulty, you get 
the Las Plagas removal laser, which is like a whole new exclusive weapon. And I think it's just really smart to create that loop so that you start the game, you've got a overleveled shotgun, you've got the riot gun ready to go. Maybe you got like your crossbow, your mine thrower and stuff like that. And you're in the village, an area you've played a bunch of times, but now you've got this, all this great sort of crowd control Mm -hmm. weaponry. Mm -hmm. And I think that adds, that adds a lot to it. You know where all the secrets are. You go back and you find everything. You can sell stuff again. You don't have to buy guns. So all of your your currency goes directly into purchasing new cool toys to play mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. And that creates a really awesome loop. Well, Resident Evil solved a wonderful problem that horror games have, which is like once you have seen something, it's less scary. Yeah. Like once you know what's mm-hmm. coming, it's like that completely like it's not it, it's not scary anymore. So screw it. Just lean into the action. Like, it, yes. It, yes. The, the first time you play it, it's a survival horror game. From that point forward, it's kind of an arcade game. Mm-hmm. You know, like they start tracking like how your your completion time and it's yeah, like they start your accuracy, you silly like silly stuff. And and again, these unlocks will it it sort of you're kind of snowballing and speeding up. Like yep. you get more crap, but and you're going faster, and it just it changes the dynamic entirely. And it's it's so funny because we look at these games as being like oh like it's a you know slow plotting tank controls. You got an inventory management, but then once you get past that the first time around, it's like. All right, what kind of crazy costume are you going to unlock this time around? How many <laughs> infinite ammo rocket launcher? What could go wrong? Yeah, you're like, oh, well, we'll play the game as like a 1920s gangster and a pop star, or like uh, Ashley's got a suit of armor now, and when bad guys try to lift her up, they their back hurts. Yes, <laughs> like that's an awesome little detail, and you don't get that on the first playthrough, right? Um, and I also want to give a shout out to the other game I'm legally uh, required to bring up in every episode. They pay me a lot of money. I'm just kidding; they don't have any marketing budget. It's Bloodborne. <laughs> you mentioned the soul stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like Bloodborne. I realized when I platinum that game, um, I think I was on new game plus five or whatever. And so every time you play those games and you loop through again, they get incrementally more difficult. And I just had an old save file kicking around when I decided in 2019 to go back and platinum the game. And uh, it was needlessly difficult. And I went back into the chalice dungeons on difficulty plus five. And I don't know, that added a lot to it. Because I think... Like, don't the chalice dungeons not scale, though? I, maybe they don't. I don't know. Do they not? I think they don't. Okay. Which is... the. I don't know. I, I looked at this whole thing. They I, were hard. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Um, but yeah, I, I went through and I did all the DLC and everything, got the platinum and everything like that. And it was so much fun because like, I'm good at this game. You know, I'm really good at this game and getting to play a version of it that kept getting more difficult, the better I got at it was mm-hmm. really, really cool. And like, there's a cap there, I think, right? I forget what, what number it goes up to, but in Bloodborne specifically, you can just keep playing it over and over for a couple of playthroughs and the enemies will get tougher. You'll get a little weaker. Everything gets a little stronger. I love that. Cause that's, that is giving something to the audience who's obsessed with it, mm-hmm. that it's a good excuse to keep looping through that game and keep spending more time in that world. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's it's also such a, a like characteristic of a Soulsborne game where it's like, look at Resident Evil. It, like for all intents and purposes, it gets easier. Yeah, like it, it's yep. like this is going to be way more fun. In that case, it's like, nah. Once you roll those credits, it's going to get way harder. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you get to re-roll? Do you get to like change your stats? And it's like, no, you just double down on what you got going. Yeah, like. I guess you, yeah. you can go in and... You I, could theoretically yeah. pivot, like, your character yeah. and mm-hmm. start dumping points into other stuff. Um, your points also, like, they have less value. Like, the higher level you get, there's, like, sort yeah. of a soft cap where it's, like... Yeah, usually it's, like, in the Souls games, it's usually once you hit, like, 60 or so points mm-hmm. in each stat, it starts getting reduced yeah. gains. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I love that stuff. No, I do, too. Like, that was me when I did my Demon Souls uh, Platinum over the holiday, where, like, I jumped in and with my old save file, and I was like... I don't remember my build. Oh my goodness, why am I getting one shot by these like beginning enemies? Yeah. This this sucks. 
Um, yep. and, um, but yeah, and it keeps increasing. And one thing Demon Souls did add, which was really cool, was uh, if you go up to the very top inside, oh gosh, I can't remember, the Nexus, I believe it's called, mm-hmm. there are actually statue plots, and it like ranks people for like the most demons killed. So the more times you play through it and kill those demons over and over again, it keeps adding, the, it keeps track mm. of how many you've killed. And if you kill enough, you can get onto the leaderboard and has a statue of your character. Right. Which is really cool. Now, Jay, you, you were talking about near Automanamana. Automatopia. Yes, Nier Automatopia. Um, Nier Automata is great. It's a uh, has like twenty six different endings. Every time you play through it, it gets uh, uh, you get access to different characters, mm-hmm. different endings. It shows different perspectives uh, and gives you different endings. And it just it's so good. And also, it gets shorter each time you replay through those different ones. I believe it, it goes up to three or four playthroughs if I remember correctly, and it changes it. And then once you finish the the very last one. Um, which you can actually do on the third one, but if you choose the wrong option, it actually deletes your save file. <laughs> it, like it d- literally, once you get the certain, it deletes your save file. So Amazing. Like, I keep meaning so, to like to mess with this game, and it's one of those things where everyone has been like trying to sell me on it. And there's a bunch of stuff that sounds appealing, but also stuff like that makes me not want to play it. You can't. Like, I'll, you, I'll give it a shot. You can't like, do that until like you can't delete. It won't delete your save file. You. That option doesn't even become available to like your third or fourth playthrough. So you're good, right? But you that, can't but, really technically beat the game until you play it like three times, right? Like it doesn't yes. count. Okay. So, but <laughs> to be fair, like so, the first playthrough I think it took me like maybe 15, 20 hours. The second playthrough, um, you play it as the little dude with the the headband over his eyes, um, and I think that one took me like eight to ten. And then the third playthrough, you play as another character you don't meet until like later on in the story, and that one took me like five hours. So like all in all, it's still like a 30, 40 hour RPG for those first three playthroughs. Um, but it's just a gorgeous world, great action the soundtrack is one of my favorite of all times well, this, whole, this whole game is like um, all about like subverting video game tropes isn't it, it like very much so i mean they, they had a dlc where you fight like the president of square enix yes, i think yeah 100 yes <laughs> yes you just you literally fight him it's it, odd choice for sure yeah uh, thank you both for joining me and talking PlayStation. Of course. for sure uh go over to ign vote on that poll and um we'll see you next week thanks for joining us and beyond beyond, beyond. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.